Hello and welcome to the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. Today is a very special episode because I have my first ever guest on the programme, cousin of the late, great Jim Clark, um, Doug Niven. Welcome to the programme. Thank you, Peter. Um, now, today we're going to talk with Doug um, about the Jim Clark Trust and all of the work that they've done to build the quite exceptional Jim Clark Motor Museum uh, in Duns near uh, Jim's hometown. Um, so today we're going to talk all about how that came to fruition, the challenges involved, and maybe one or two stories from um, from Jim's career and some of his uh, associates uh, as, as well. So Doug, take us back to the, the beginning of the Jim Clark Trust. Um, you know, when was it set up and when did the idea for the museum come about? Well, Peter, maybe give you a little brief history before that, because mm. as to how the National Museum came to be. Uh, when Jim was killed in 1968, Ian Calder, who's a nephew of Jim and myself, were asked by Jim's parents to be the family trustees of, of, the, of the museum and, and, and the, to be the, the deciding trustees if, if the trophies were, had to find a home somewhere else if the, if the local council didn't want them. The, the original uh, museum came about um, Provost Tom Leddy, Lenny and Duns, the Dunsborough Council it was in these days, uh, offered to put this, this trophies on show because everybody's you know, was such a fan of Jim's and a tragedy at that time. They thought, well, it was very apt if we could just display these trophies somewhere because Jim's parents didn't really know what to do with them either, to be honest. And they were just in his, in his farmhouse. Mm -hmm. So the Jim, the Jim Clark Memorial Room Trust was set up, which is different from the Jim Clark Trust, which I'll talk about in a minute. Okay. But the Jim Clark Memorial Room Trust, that consisted of Ian Calder, myself, um, the chairman of Duns uh, Borough Council, and also the two current uh, councillors who had been elected on, and they change it, you know, uh, uh, whenever the elections come along. So, and that still exists today. Mm -hmm. and, and that, that format is still there and Ian and I are still there to do that job. So that was pretty much how it all started in Duns um, and um, it went on like 40 odd years until 2012 and the, and the Scottish Borders Council uh, came along and, and, and wrote to Ian and I and said look you know apart from when it opened in 1969 they had a reef pub in 1993 at each time it had been opened by Jackie Stewart. But I just felt it, you know, that the numbers were dwindling, we were down to sort of three, four thousand a year. And if you'd been once, you didn't need to come back again because mm -hmm. there was nothing really more new to see. Yeah. The only thing that happened in, in 1993 was we opened a, another room, um, or after that, to show some films in it. And that was just to, to show that something had happened basically in the mm -hmm. museum. The room was there, so we did that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, in 2012, the, Scottish Borders Council came and said, look, we think um, we need to sort of uh, revamp the museum and do something with it or whatever. Because we've been saying too quietly that, you know, we need to get some cars in, and as, as the expression goes, the cars are the stars, mm -hmm. and, and cars that Jim had raced and whatever. We had in 2000 uh, tried to have a Scottish motorsporting site uh, museum in, in, in Duns, just for Scottish motorsport. Um, people for Jackie Stewart, Andy Cowan, Louise Aiken Walker, uh, and, and others you know, who had done well and, and to recognise Scottish motorsport. But we could never get the site agreed to and, and get it and, and everybody to agree to that, so it kind of just fell by the wayside. But the 
the plan had been put in the, in, 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 into people's minds. So anyway, 2012, Scottish Borders Council came along and said, look, we've built a new high school in Duns. The old high school is still there. And we think we'd like to sort of um, build a museum at, at, at that site around the back. And um, and, and that would enable them to, to, to sell the, the current museum house, which is just a, mm. originally a, a family house. But that could be sold and get another something off their books because it was being maintained and it would save them some money. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, we weren't sure about this because we thought if it's tucked away around the back, nobody's going to see it, nobody's going to know it's there. And unless you really want to come specifically to come, you, you, you'd never find it. And uh, whereas just now you drive through there casually, all of a sudden it's, it's there. So what happened, uh, I said, I'll tell you what. So Jackie Stewart was, had been brought on board as our only president and further so he he came down to Duns we took him along there to have a look and he said look when I used to come and see you in Jim's house and this Jackie talking he said it's all sandstone buildings and I remember that and that's contemporary to what the kind of he would like to see exactly where you have the museum just now yes so keep that as it is that's that's the right time scale you know going in time mm -hmm. but if you go to a new shiny place on the back Jim wasn't a shiny sort of person if you know what I mean he's, he's modest and you know, not to be an old fashioned by any means, but he was a quiet farmer, uh, mm -hmm. modest, and he would like to, I'm sure if there's going to be something done to do where it is just now. Mm -hmm. So the council weren't too happy really at that idea, because that meant they suddenly had 200,000 pounds of thought they were going to have to, in their pockets. So that, that kind of put a bit more cost onto the whole programme. So 2012 came and went, and, and, and that's what was, was uh, thought about. So we, we then, I said to Ian, I was like, we're getting on a bit in years too, this is a bigger challenge now. And obviously Ian's farming still doing a lot of things, and I was doing other things as well, uh, looking after farms with a cooperative group and so on. And uh, we uh, thought, well, what do we do? Now it happened, my son-in-law, Ben Smith, as uh, a sports consultant, sports management and that sort of thing, he'd been working with the Olympics and athletes for the Commonwealth Games at Manchester and Glasgow and things. And but he probably had a bit of time in his hands if he could maybe just have a look at this project. So I said to Ben, you know, what about this? And I said, well, let's see how it goes. Let's see where we, where we go. And so well, okay, we'll meet your chairman. That gives you a bit more clout when you pick up the phone up to speak to somebody. If you're chairman of the trust, <laughs> albeit he, uh, Ben didn't know about cars and whatever. He's, 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 he knows a lot now, but he didn't know much then. You know, obviously come from, coming from London too, mm -hmm. and being sort of younger, he didn't know of Jim Clark to that extent. So anyway, that, that was how it started. So the Scottish Borders Council, and they have an offshoot called Lid Borders, which is funded by the Scottish Borders Council, and they were the ones that, that run the, the, the museums in the borders. And the curators, and you know, and, and Colstein Hoyk, and various places like that, because of Steve Hislop, motorbike man, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then there's mm -hmm. other motorbike people too, and um, other you know people of note, athletes and things. Mm -hmm. So 2012, that kind of went. Said okay, let's have a game plan. So the game plan was, Jim's 50th anniversary test was going to be 2018. So well, let's try and aim for that. So the the council um, went out to tender plans and everything else. Ray Cherry was a council architect who designed what, what we see today. And that took obviously quite a long time to get that the way they wanted it. And, you know, there's lots and lots of meetings. It went on and on and on. And uh, 
in the long and short of it was 1.65 million is what the, the, the sum was going to be and as some people said I'm sure you could build a new building for a lot less than 1.65 million in the borders yes why are you uh -huh. doing that you know and um, so but anyhow if we wanted to keep the same site and everything like that uh, it's just a traditional sort of house with a walled garden behind mm -hmm. and so therefore there was scope behind it without touching the the front of it at all, so as far as from the street side to the same. So we thought, how do we go about, how do we go about raising 1.65 million? Well, I mean, obviously businessmen, and two that swung to mind very quickly were Morris Leslie from Errol, mm -hmm. uh, yes. who, who's got uh, auctions, and uh, Plant Hire, uh, it, it tells me he's GCB's second largest customer, so it's quite surprising. So wow. he must be, and he is made in Zealand, he's all over the place, you know. Wow. But, and, 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 and then they have these um, auctions, you know, every, yes. every week. Yes. And, then and then they have a, a proper auction of exotic car once, yeah. once whatever, three a year, I think. And so, and John Clark, John Clark Cars, mm -hmm. who had known mm -hmm. John for 50 years, he um, uh, used to work with Sports Tune in Brandon Terrace in Edinburgh. He, he worked in, in, in the shop there with Bill Borman and people like that. He used to race at Ingleson. And uh, so I could judge them very well, and, and you know, he he um, was expanding a great business. And his son Chris now sort of runs it and joins, you know, 70 and moved from Aberdeen down to Fife. So, so he was very supportive and he helped too. Having said that, lots of other companies helped as well, but um, we thought, well, we still need to open some more doors. So what do we do? So, um, we, we the long, at the end of the day, we got the uh, undercurrent to be a, to be a, uh, a patron. Of course, unfortunately, he's just he died a while ago there, very sadly. Uh, but we have um, um, David Coltart, um, Darry Frankety, Al McNish, um, Lord March, who's now the Duke of Duke of Richmond, I think his title is gone. Yeah, after his father died. Yes, and he's been very supportive, uh, and uh, he's got Watson. And uh, Clive Chapman from uh, son of the late Colin Chapman, who was Jim's um, uh, instructor at, 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 at Lotus. And uh, so Clive runs classic team Lotus and builds all these old cars. He builds them all to a great standard. And um, people like Nick Fennell, who owns some of these cars, have, have been very supportive of bringing their cars up. Andy Middlehurst has a has a, the, the only H16 BRM Lotus that won the Walkings Glen. 1966, he's rebuilt that standard. That car actually was raced by the late Jock Russell at, at Ingleston for many years in a Formula 5,000 guys. At Ingleston? At Ingleston. My God, hard to imagine now. It was, it was. But, yeah, big car for there. But, but, but Andy gradually got all of this together again and he's got the only, as I understand, uh, running H16 BRM. And he set it up at Knock Hill and he's been at Dunn's and he took it over the post bridge and had a, a couple of key cars over there. So, um, so that so that's kind of where we got these people together, and and uh, so what we did, we, we had six hundred and forty thousand or thereabouts. So we were saying to Heritage Lottery funding, and we said, you can get match funding. You've already got money, you can get match funding to the same amount, whatever. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, uh, after a long, lot, a lot of work, a lot of hard work, I mean, that was meetings and meetings and meetings, and yes. for, for years basically, mm -hmm. uh, from two thousand and. 12 to 2000 and 
Uh, we were 16 there, let's say. Yeah. But, and, but this time, time was slipping, so we could see we weren't going to make it till 2018. But in fact, if we could open it in 2019, we're always looking for reasons to, to, to claim something. And in fact, the, the, museum, the original museum opened in April 1969, which is a, a year after Jim's death. So really, we're still 50th anniversary of yeah, the museum. Yeah, the museum. Maybe yeah. not Jim's death, but we still have something else to hang on to. So that's what we did. So so we got heads lots of funding. Then the, the kind of said, well, we've done our bit. We've got this. You helped us with the funding. But we say led the, 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 all the work for that. So we went to Fallego Wind Farm, uh, put the, Duke of, the late Duke now, who works for, who uh, he died again recently. Uh, and so we got money from the wind farm, because you know, that's, what, that's how they get the planning, when they can give things to charity. Whatever. Right. So okay. a substantial amount from there. And uh, then the council said, right now, Jim Clark Trust, you've got to find 300,000 to, to top this thing out because you made us stay here. We wouldn't have had 200,000 pounds of, of, uh, of um, you know, of, of buildings to sell that we'd budgeted for. <laughs> so it's originally thought we'd have to pay 100,000, so we had to find 300,000 to pay for the building, although it still belongs to the council. But, so then uh, started the ball rolling on the crowdfunding exercise. Yes. And... Within months, we would raise it, but yeah. by various means, you know, and 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 then going on from there, uh, sticking to the, the fundraising side of it. Before we talk about the museum, the um, we bought a, a lotus abora, yes, that, uh, and uh, that was was called the, the, the Jim Clark car. It was chassis number one hundred thousand lotus. Gave that well, we paid. We bought that. Uh, and the road going the on the road price about hundred thousand to thereabouts. We got some discount from that, but um, it's a it's a Clark car. Just a number one hundred thousand with Clark fat with Clark tartan seats in it and everything else. And uh, and it was to, it was to, it was to, to replicate his original Alan, which was chassis number one Alan, um, which had the, the silver roof and the silver bumpers and the red cars. So this car was was taken to the same standard as that same spec, and that car. We had for about a year, uh, and the, the game plan was to open that to museum, when museum opened. And in fact, because it it, it, um, it went on, you know, and so successful, we couldn't get, get all the numbers that I collated in time to for to Jackie to do it. Mm-hmm. And really, uh, uh, it, it, so what happened was we sold eleven thousand four hundred tickets or thereabouts. Incredible. Twenty pound a ticket. Uh, that car was at Goodwood, that was at the Monaco Grand Prix, where all 20 drivers signed the engine cover, and the driver said, you must know people in high places. Well, Chase Carey from Liberty Media, Formula One, and uh, uh, John Todd, a painter yes. as well, mm-hmm. FIE, Brett Chamber. Mm-hmm. So we, we know them, you know, and they were very good, and they said, yeah, we'll, we'll get the drivers when they come for the briefing, mm-hmm. all to sign it, which they did. So that was great. So they signed that, um, the, the, we got we got a, another engine cover, so the car isn't, doesn't have a seat on as we speak. But uh, the, the, when it was um, drawn, we had to take all the numbers, put them onto the database, and take them to a lawyer's office where they had an app that you put on the computer. Yeah. I imagine a bit like the lottery, yeah. picking, num- picking numbers. Yeah. And it, it, this thing whirls and goes around, and it <laughs> picks one number out, and that's the winner. And that guy was from Newton Grange and Dalkeith. <laughs> so I, I not got far to take it up the road. Far to go. So <laughs> he got down to the museum and picked the car up. And currently, I think he's got it in his garage. He was talking about maybe selling it. He just didn't know what he wanted to do with it. But I think he's maybe going to sell it. 
but that car uh, is, is in Scotland now. But with people buying tickets from all over the world, you know, mm -hmm. America, you know, France, everywhere. The conundrum was at the time, do we buy two? Because obviously an awful lot of countries are left-hand drive, so do we have one or two? But we stuck to the one. Mm -hmm. And that car, you know, it went to Knock Hill, it went to Monaco, it went all over the and um, and I think you said you ran it in at Knock Hill for a few laps, I understand. We <laughs> did a few laps at Knock Hill, <laughs> but it had about 11 miles on the clock. It, it was, uh, it was uh, the British Touring Car Championship on, and Knock Hill would be very good to the, to, to, to the trust. Anything like that, they've given us, you know, marquees um, and to put cars in to raise money for the, mm -hmm. and a lunchtime break, mm -hmm. going to the car for 10 laps, and I mm -hmm. didn't, didn't say no anyway. Oh, so, absolutely. So, and one yeah. day it was dry, one day it was wet, so it was quite fun, you know, to do that and it just promoted the car yeah. and did that so so that car has been and gone and that and, and that raised you know you know you know a lot, a lot, a of, lot money. of money yeah yeah and yeah. that money is, is is in the bank um you know because we raised what um there's lots of funding said and the council uh, were told that we could not start this project until all the money was in the bank because what they couldn't be seen to have was get three quarters through the project, see we've run out of money or something. Everybody would get egg in their face, you know, so everything had to be in there. And in fact, it, and, and it, the, the, the museum opened on the 11th of July on budget. Uh, and um, in time, you know. Oh, that's novel for construction projects well, nowadays, yes, isn't yes, it? Yes, <laughs> yes. There's still some loose ends to tidy up, yeah. a bit of snagging and things, but nothing major. Uh, it just opened. It has, um, the museum is not. The trust would like to have seen it bigger because we've got three, two cars and 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 uh, and uh, you know it's just a, a, a trainer and just just a, 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 a car there that you can jump into and try and replicate Jim's times at Silverstone and that sort of thing, but um, it um, we wanted we wanted about six or eight cars because when we took um, when we went to to, to Goodwood, um, uh, we were told that um, you know. We'd have forty odd cars there, and, and Lord Marks, I still call him Lord Marks, but I shouldn't do good. But, but anyway, he uh, he gives the database of all the owners, the names, and addresses of all the owners. So we wrote to them all and said, you know, we've got the trusts, you know, the museum opening. If you're not, and quite, it's good that they do. They actually use these cars for racing or for doing something. They're not just sat in a yeah. in a building. Mm -hmm. Most of them are getting used, and there were a lot of them that was forty odd there that day, and we all drove one of Jim's cars for five laps you know, to, to, to mark. The occasion of Jim winning Indianapolis, that was 2015. Wow. And uh, John Surtees, the late, late, late John Surtees now, Sterling Moss, all the drivers, and, and basically whoever could find them had some connection to drive these cars for five laps. But the data, so we wrote to all the owners, and they said, Look, if we're not using the car, you can have it for three months or whatever, sometime. So we know we've got a collection of cars there that we can get, because everything, you'll never find cars, you'll never get cars, but we know where they are. And the owners, because we've seen, we've seen them at lots of events and things, and, and they're very supportive because they they, they've got a Lotus car done by Jim Clark. They're, they're, they're a fan of Jim Clark. They bought that car for a reason. A reason yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and they know it's worth a lot of money, and they know what we're trying to do to, 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 to try to enhance the legacy of, of Jim Clark mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, education, you know. Heritage and legacy is what we're trying to sort of do mm -hmm. with, the, with the museum and the funds. And in time, if we can expand it a bit more into the, the walled garden behind, if that, if that does happen, then we'd like to get a, a mechanic working on a classic car there 
get some of the local, or, or not necessarily local, but some apprentices in from garages, wherever, and borders, colleges and things to come in and we'll work on these cars and then the mechanics would pick out maybe two of them that he thought were the most apt or keen and we could try and get them into a, a fortnight's um, work at uh, McLaren or, or, wow. Jips or somewhere, you know, or even class team just, just you get some experience down there. Yeah. And to get there and, and, and the stand out then, they may get picked up by us and, get, and move on. So that's what we, our, our aim is to, to try and help. And other charities. Yeah. But we have a charity, so charities are meant to raise money to give to charities. Absolutely. And what but, a wonderful idea because uh, the thing is, is that now in motorsport, historic motor racing is almost becoming more of a, a kind of employment stream than kind of, let's say, contemporary motor racing. Contemporary motor racing is going to cost you. Yeah. You know, if you're, a, if you're a kind of enthusiastic amateur and you want to go and, say, race at Spa or Silverstone, you're costing millions of pounds. But right. in historic motor racing, if you're a you know, professional, you can, you'll probably get paid to go and drive somebody's car. Yeah. And likewise, in big market for preparation of cars yeah. as well. So what a wonderful initiative. So yeah. that's the idea, yeah. you know. And also, but with the trust has been targeted with uh, supporting the museum. You know, if, if, if numbers dwindle, we've got to make sure that the museum is sustainable and viable mm-hmm. over the next 20 years, at least, mm-hmm. that we will be there to keep raising money mm-hmm. to, to keep the museum going. Because it, does, it, it doesn't run for nothing. You know, there's been four staff there all, all the time. Because the simulator, the car in there, needs somebody to run to be with that, to lose mm-hmm. the 49 body with that. And, and it, so we have to kind of um, keep staff at the front of house. And that may come down by one in time as it, as it goes on, but at the moment, and, and to enhance that, um, there was a cafe called Hugo's and Duns that the proprietor was retiring and because we couldn't do anything get have a cafe at the museum, they wouldn't let us do that. It wasn't fair to the, other town, uh, to the town and the shopkeepers in Duns could maybe take some business from there. So when this cafe in Duns became available, the trust bought Lock, Stock and Barrel. Didn't buy the building, still belongs to the proprietor, but we bought everything else, the business and that. Uh, and renamed it to Jim Clark Cafe Bistro, painted it blue and white, and put some yellow and green cushions in it. You know, total coat uh, of paint, but basically other than that, kept it as it is. And um, it's been had a bit of a learning curve suddenly becoming yeah. cafe owners <laughs> instead of looking after cars. But <laughs> that's been a tremendous success to date. Uh, because, well, at the time of doing this program, we're um, we're about to close the museum for the for the winter mm-hmm. at the end of November. And so we'll see if that affects the, the throughput of the cafe. But it's been very well supported by locals too. You know, the Dunn's ladies come in for coffee and whatever. And, uh, and they can get meals and things. And I know the Christmas menus there now. And that, that's, that's been well supported. Lots of companies are booking that. Mm-hmm. And so when they come along and take that, then the, 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 the employees see, oh, yeah, I've been here before. This is quite nice. We'll come back at it again. You know, so we're getting super, we can't cope with numbers at the moment. We're turning people away all the time. Wow. But, but that's because they've got the museum being said, you know, where can we get something to eat? Because we go to the cafe. And yes. vice versa, people come there and they say, well, you know, they hear about the museum in there as well. So it's yes. double whammy. And we've got some pictures on the walls and things in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it was selling and things like that. So it's raising funds again. for Everything's raising money for the museum. Yes. The yeah. So that's ongoing uh, as we speak. But the museum, um, don't yeah. the museum if you want now, yeah, because. Yeah. Um, that's really the background to how we, to where we, to where we are. But over the last three years, uh, just continually working with the, the, the live borders, who are part, who are basically the Scottish borders council as well. 
uh, meetings every other week, operational planning meetings and everything. Uh, it's taken a long time to, to, to work out what kind of uh, museum we wanted. And we felt we wanted to tell the story of Jim because yeah. a lot of people, what is famous, it became famous and he got his photograph taken a lot. Yes. But until he was 22 or, or, or thereabouts, you know, because when you look back, Jim's, uh, I first saw Jim on television at Boxing Day in 1959 at Trans Hatch. Like the race with Colin Chapman, the elite. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Colin first set eyes on Jim. Yeah. He's got Watson and bought his car. But before that, Jim had been racing very successfully for the Border Reavers, which was set up by the late Jock McBain at McBain's in Chernside at the garage there. And the mechanics there looked after the car and uh, did a great job. And he, and he was the first uh, drive UK driver to go to do a 100 mile an hour lap. That was at Paul Sutton in the DTEC Jagger, TKF9, which I had the pleasure to go out and put the bonus hill climb recently. So it was a fantastic. Uh, and that belongs to a collection down in, in, the, in the south of England now. And uh, but that car is still around, it's still being used, and it has border reverse stickers on it still. And um, so they had D-type Jaguars, they had Lister Jaguars, they had uh, various other cars that came and went. Mm-hmm. All second-hand bought from somewhere else, you know, they, yeah. could, they could afford to buy the best, but, but they went to Le Mans, you know, and yeah, they came third there, and um, he went there in the Elite and came second or third in class. Then he got disqualified because there was five wheels instead of four wheels. The French had ways and means of, 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 of bending the rules, I think, or, or changing the rules. And so they got disqualified for that. Mm. But that was Border Reavers, uh, and that was a lot local farmers from the Vic District Motor Club. Yeah. And farmers, the Somervilles, and Ian's father, Alec Calder, who's a racer himself. Yes. He went, and, and quite a few neighbours and things. All went out and there. And you raced for Border Reavers too? Yes. With uh, the Beetle? Yeah. Yes, yeah. And and when um, when Jim was killed, Ian Scott Watson asked me to take on the mantle of Border Reavers. So we raced that from 12 years as, as Border Reavers, and now it's, it's, it, it's um, still being carried. By, was by various people, including Cameron Benny, who's been very successful. His son Michael's doing very well rallying now. But uh, Stuart Thorburn and, and Duns, um, who, who are well known for building sheds and whatever, uh, Stuart's son Jamie is doing Formula Ford in between these studies for college or university or whatever. But he he's carrying the Border Reavers flag at the moment. Brilliant. So it's great that it's been carried on by local people. And, mm-hmm. and the Border Reavers was, was, was really a team of of, of, of uh, the funds for that came just from the local businesses. It, then if you get £500 from maybe 10 businesses, that was quite a lot of money in yeah, these days, in, could, the, in the 60s. Yeah. And uh, But nobody was paid, you know, Archie Simmons, who, who still um, uh, is going about, uh, he's retired from now. But what happened was when I stopped racing in the early 80s, Archie and, and, the, and the guy said, it's all very well for you, you go back to your farm, what do we do, you know? So we got planning permission to start a garage in 1977 actually in, in um, Hill in the Steading. And uh, then we bought some of the McBain's garage back, back at um, where the Border Reavers were. Uh, before, because that had been sold to Lloyd's and then they, they had they, they'd sold it. Then. But it was coming, some of it had disappeared, some of the buildings were knocked down. There's a, there's a, there's a van set company there who was storing vans and things here. So we bought the, the old paint shop and converted that to a garage. And actually, since then, until last year, has run doing them cars there. And so we kept him in a job. And now he's, he's, he's moved back to Whittam Hill to a shed that I built back here, where we keep some of the cars. We've got one of Jim's uh, well, old uh, road going cars, his left hand um, 
Alan, you've done that. Yes, yes. Well, that's uh, what I'm going to ask you about. Yeah, <laughs> and the Beatles in there at the moment. And uh, yeah, and we've got uh, a few other. I've got I've got a nineteen sixty Lotus Elite come to climax, which I bought about ten years ago. Wow! And a BMW's M five two five, which used to be used for the German Touring Car Championship, uh, that model. You know, uh, and they were the first of what they called supercars that that in nineteen eighty one. So 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 after he works and looks after these cars. Yes. And in fact, it's done full circle because he is a. The, the mechanic that that, that um, has been nominated and has been doing looking after the cars in the museum now, so because Artie's father was a mechanic with the body mm -hmm. he was looking after Jim's cars, and 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 Ian Deans who's still around, uh, but he's with Tidmore Service Station in Mitsubishi, mm -hmm. and my son Michael, but Ian was was a mechanic with McVeigh's then, and when Tiki F9 came up to Dunn's, uh, I was parked outside the the um, the cafe. Uh, the phone Dean to come up and see it because he's he was a mechanic working on it because there were some questions about whether this was still the original straps inside and whatever. Uh, he came up and had a look at it and very excited to see it. Yeah, I could confirm that it was the genuine article. So wow, that was great. And they were pleased to hear that as well. Wow. And um, so, he, but he could remember going out with Jim and had to test it. You know, going around the local roads because these days no speed limits, nothing at all. Yeah. And it was in there some quick journeys. He said, try to clear the engine and get it going. So a, a lot of history reminiscing there. And so, doing health this year, we took quite a lot of these cars up there, mm -hmm. and had a parade um, of Jim's cars, and uh, it, was, it was very nice to see. As I've done it, Goodwood, but but um, down at Goodwood a lot March uh, last year, uh, for, for his um, Duke of Edinburgh Gordon, I should call him, uh, uh, but he um, he said, right, I'm I'm a patron of the, of, of the trust. I should be doing something for you." So he said, this year I've nominated the Trust as the official charity of, of Goodwood. Yes. Now, as you know, there's probably 250,000 people doing yes, it over four huge. days. Yes, yeah. huge. And he very kindly has all the competitors and the people there for a meal on a Saturday night in the castle spread out, about a thousand of them. So he he said, now, to these people, there's a note on it. He said, look, I don't charge you for the, for the meal, but I expect you to put something in an envelope on your plate for, for the nominated charity. So we had something like seventy thousand pounds. So you know, so it was very kind, and that was his. Wow. Doing his bit for us, you know. Wow. And I think three years ago we took when I had the Jim Clark uh, in two thousand fifteen at the Jim Clark weekend, which was celebrating uh, Indianapolis at the uh, World Championship. We took twenty two trophies down to, 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 to there, and I put them in there in the drivers' club and everything else, and and that really got everybody talking as well, you know. But I mean, the council were terrified. So a week. <sighs> Taking these things down the road, you know, because down south, uh, oh, no, know, <laughs> uh, you know, and we stopped for petrol or to go for something to eat, a comfort break. Somebody had to stay in the car with these things, yeah. and nobody had to leave them, you know, and and unattended. We were very pleased to get them back home again, you know, <laughs> after four days. But at Goodwood, they were locked up each night away in a secure place, brought back out, and because the, you can have, it's difficult to value, you can, well, you impossible to, to them, you recreate. Know, yeah, very difficult. Yeah, and uh, yeah. but. Um, so that's what happened there. So the museum, um, we'll give it to go and talk about that there. Yeah. The, the, the museum uh, started to, to, to take shape, you know, to say, well, okay, let, let, let's um, tell the story of Jim. Start, start from the back, from, from Kilmeny, when he came down from Fife. And that's how it was. I was a cousin of Jim. Jim's uh, mother and my father, brother and sister, and they, they were neighbours in Fife farming up there. And they both families came down to the borders. Uh, in the late thirties, and um, so that's how the connection came from there. Mm -hmm. And um, 
they so would go find pictures of Jim when he's full of you know, my uncle had some pictures he'd taken when they were all playing together up there and of or in the little pedal cars, you know, <laughs> his first cars. And after after we came down here, I, I didn't know until recently that Jim Clark used to come and stay at Winston Hill for his summer holidays because my relations from Fife would come down to stay with my parents yes. and Jim would come here and stay with because that was his pal from yeah. when he was young, you know, it's mm-hmm. still part. So Jim stayed here for his holidays for two or three, three summers apparently. So, albeit he was only five miles from here, but because the relations were coming down, he came across here. But I can still see Jim even in the latter days driving his land over here and used to see him go past the combine and all sorts of things <laughs> as a working farmer. But he was driving when he was quite young, he yeah, was he seven, seven or eight years old. And, and this is what we did have Channel 4 program recently with uh, Christopher Timothy and Peter Davison, all kinds of great small fame people, about their great road journeys. And they, we went to Hartree and near Stow, and I was to, to chat to them about how, how is it that a lot of borders drivers done well in motorsport with farmers and things. And it's because, like Jim and myself, clearly I was driving Grey Fergies at eight years old, nine years old, rolling and harrowing fields and things. Loved it. You couldn't get me off the seat. You know, used to plonk you on it because there's no <laughs> footwells or guards or yeah. cabs or anything. You sat there and, and you harrowed and rolled behind the grain drills. And, 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 and so a lot of people were doing that. And the Cowans, you know, and, and all farmers and, and Jim included another story of you know, people coming to to catch us where Jim Spears lived over near Kelsey for, for tea and all of a sudden they saw the car go past the front window, driverless car go past the front window <laughs> uh, and here was Jim driving the car but he, he couldn't see he couldn't see from the steering wheel and uh, there's some famous stories of Jim doing that sort of thing <laughs> and I can remember I'd wash the car every other day if I could get a chance because it meant I could drive the car yeah. from the back door around the steading and uh, and do that. Yeah. Although I came to grief one day when I uh, not, didn't quite come to grief, but I got in a lot of trouble because I thought oh, I'll just go up the road a wee bit in the car. I was about 12, I think, and I, I went up a mile, about a mile, I thought, that's how I can do this, I keep going. So I did about three miles, I thought, I'm going to get a bit nervous, I better get back. So I came back here with my mother standing in the steading, you know, well, you can imagine, not popular, but that's what we did. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then the village of Whitsum here, um, driving through there. Yeah, he used to get tagged with the name of Jim Clark. So the last person that went through that that speed was Jim Clark. He was set <laughs> my limit, but you'd be doing 40, 50, I suppose, you know, I don't know what. We're better now, so you know, you know, we don't do that now. But in the young days, because we were all very interested motor club members, you know. Yes. If you weren't in that, you were in young farmers clubs. So yes. you were having young farmers club rallies, which sometimes were driving tests in cars, but the motor club was driving tests and rallies and things, whatever they went on for. But there was a story about that, that Jim in the motor club at the back of the motor club. When he came for his first time, he was that young, he, he hadn't even become a member. But he came and he won it. Doing driving to that Winfield, the old circuit yes, Winfield. Yeah, along yeah. The, three miles from here. Anyway, it transpired at the prize giving. He wasn't given the prize because he wasn't, he wasn't a member. So, so he actually didn't. He, t- he didn't like that. I mean, it took a wee while to go over that. You can imagine winning your first event and not getting the prize, you know, the trophy. Yes. Because I went to the motor club, Dinner Dad's annual one. Jim, in the latter years, he, he, as one president, came to, came, uh, came to the dinner. We very good supporting him, and he would come to yes. the dinner if he could possibly be there. And one year he bought Jackie Stewart, Graham Hill, and Paddy Hopkirk. Well, you can imagine we were the envy of all the motor clubs because you all tried to get a special guest, you know, yes. a locks driver or a locks driver, co-driver, envy of, 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 of note, yes. just to have 
sell tickets for the, for the, for the, for the evening and to present the prizes. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've got lots of four or five. <laughs> he, he, he makes, you know, of course, the, then they retired, but he didn't means for a, for, a, for a party afterwards. And these days he would drive in the Galaxy, one, you know, they had to be got them full as well, so big cars. And, and was, was that the one that replaced the Indy 500 pace car? Because yeah. he won a Plymouth. Yeah. And then Ford were like, oh no, you can't have one of them. We'll have to give you a Galaxy instead. Yeah. Was that the same one? one. <laughs> There's a story about when it was reported into the country, it was dropped from a height. Onto the onto the the, the, the dock and something happens at there as well, but but yes, it, yes. but it changed. Yeah, he got a the galaxy at the finish because they were racing the galaxies as well. Jim was in the dinner racing. Yes, but um, so we, we digress again. Oh, but, uh, but but, uh, I was that was one of the things I was going to ask about the borders is that you you, you, you you hear all the time about nature versus nurture. You know, people talk about natural talent. Well, really, genetically, there isn't such a thing as natural talent, but. When you've got, like you say, if you're on a tractor or in a car when you're seven, eight, nine years old, you're like a sponge at that age. And yeah. you just look down the list of names of people. You know, you've got John Cleland just yes, along the road, exactly. um, Louise Aiken Walker, yes, yeah. my mum's hero. Yes, uh, she, yeah, oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. And, uh, the, uh, the only British ladies world champion. Yes, you know, yeah. Tremendous. Um, you know, you think of you know, her and Michelle Mouton, the two yes, greatest ladies right. drivers exactly. ever, you know. Because um, Andrew winning London Sydney twice. Oh, you know? I mean, yeah. God rest him, Andrew, yeah. you know, we yeah. lost him recently. But you look yeah. at what he, Andrew Cowan did as a as a driver, yes. you know, winning all these amazing long-distance right. races that would now be never happen. That's right. And, and then when you look at in Mits, Mitsubishi with yeah. beating, you know, he with won. Tommy McLean, beat four, four titles four in a row he in yes. probably a golden either. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. But Andrew's probably better known nearly in New Zealand and Australia and places like that. Yeah. He's an awful lot of the Southern Cross rallies and, and they won him a few times, you know. And, yeah. And he was great long distance, you know. And yeah. Paris, the Dakar rally. Yes. He was uh-huh. very successful in that. And if he hadn't stopped to help his teammate, you know, he, he would have won that too. Yeah. But he came second, but he, yeah. he was also there or thereabouts. Yeah. So long distance. He never seemed to need sleep, Andrew. <laughs> you can keep going and going and going. So you need that with rally again. Yeah. Right? And what but, was him and Jim's relationship? When you go to the new museum, it becomes very clear very quickly that they were quite close, it seems. So what was what was their oh, relationship? They were, because they were obviously young farms together. Yeah. Right? They'd play hockey together and that sort of thing. But Jim's a good hockey player, very good sportsman. Wow. And, and, and uh, a lot of people have said he used to play with Jim and he was very good. But at least enjoy the journey too from the game as well, I think, <laughs> Jim driving. But, uh, but um, you know, uh, Andrew, um, say what's a good pal, and Jim was very instrumental in trying to get Andrew onto the racing ladder. He got him a, a two, two drives in Formula C with Lotus. He got a watch drive with Lotus. Wow. Uh, okay. Colin Chapman, um, uh, um, uh, listen, listen to Jim, because all oh, Jim can be doing this, and he's got a pal who is Jim that rates yeah. highly. Yes. Because Jim was doing well on the rally. So, but Andrew said he just didn't like the cars around about him. The close company of cars. Yeah. He's fine tailing through forests and things and that sort of thing. But it, 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 and I think one of these was wet. I remember seeing him in the race. I think a wet day, there was spray everywhere and Andrew's son is just down oh, no. dangerous, you know. Yeah. And, they're, uh, they're like the road cage around them, yeah. I think, rally drivers, don't they? They do. Yeah. yeah. But, but when, when, Jim, when Andrew was testing the car at Silverstone, Jim was standing at Woodcote watching him and Jim had told Andrew, because Andrew used to tell me these stories, he? he said, no. Don't lift it's flat. Dig a flat, uh, and Andrew would, would come in there and he'd just, just just feather it a bit. And Jim would give him a you know give him a, a shaking fist. Give it you know give, give it in. You know, give, give it flat there all the way you know. And 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 Dan said I don't know how he go at these speeds yeah. safely. He just felt it wasn't for him you know. Yes. But he, you know Jim had organised it and set him up and did it all. But 
and he said thanks but no thanks you know at the end of the day he wanted to stick to his these tin tops you know yeah and uh, so that's what that's what he did but but i remember uh, going back to that brand's hats meeting after that at the end of the day um Colin said who the hell's that in that car there and jim would have beaten it but i hadn't thought about marker they got yes, his way yeah. and the con slipped through and 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 he said well just a local farmer and boom and um because colin knew he had been through the border he was connected to be yes. buying loads elites and things and whatever yes and so long shot it was a bit like what jim did for undercover Ian got done with Jim, come down to, I think we brought a touch, I presume it was, mm-hmm. and come and have a go, let's see what this guy can do, if he can do that with an elite, yeah. and it, it wasn't a works elite, yeah. you know, uh-huh. I mean, works cars would be about quite so works as they are nowadays, you know, mm-hmm. probably, yeah. you know, these camshafts or something, a little bit bigger valve and things, but it wouldn't be, you know, the works car would be pretty much a good car, but anyway, it was his, Colin's car, so he came down, and Graham Hill was there that day, and somebody else would have been there, I don't know if they but in his island was, the, the, drive, the works driver at that time. So anyway, they put Jim out and they went around there. And, they, and uh, after about three laps, he was going as quick as anybody else. And uh, so, I called this guy's good. You know, he, he's obviously, how much races he done? He said, this is the first time he's ever sat in a single seat of the car. Carl said, my God, get him in, get him in, get fl- black flag him, he'll kill himself. Because he'd never been out in a, in a car, he'd been in his yeah. Aston Martins and yes. to Jero Jaguars or whatever, you know. You know, that sort of thing, you know. And uh, so he'd never been in a single seat before. And he was down to the same times. So Colin said he's going to kill himself or kill somebody else to get him out of that car quick. Anyway, the rest is history, as far as that goes. From there, yeah. He was about to be going to drive for Aston Martin. And that car never materialised. It didn't really get happened because he was like, I'm not sure the contract was signed, if it wasn't, if Dan really was. Yeah. But um, it was just a bit late to the late but, to the. Was it Zandvoort? Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But but anyway, long and short of it was, he, um, you know, Colin got him, and I think there's a little bit of friction because Ennis Island really was uh, sort of um, pushed to the back a bit, and Jim took over then. And of course, there was quite a few other Alan Stacey, one or two that were possibly killed, you know, but um, that, that raced mm. at that time. So there were other people, you know, um, but you know, Tyler Taylor and um, one or two others, Anita Taylors. Brother, but uh, they, they, they all went on to do what they did. They did that well, yeah. And you know, and, and moved on from there. And Jim, you know, I heard the other day that um, Jim's Lotus 18, that he won his first World Championship points in, is currently up for sale. And wow. one of our guys who's very helpful to us, he's trying to organise some to buy it for somebody at the moment. So, wow. So it's, it's, the history's out there still, yeah. It's amazing. And the, yeah. the, the car's in the museum, it's won four, it won four um, Grand Prix. And it was it was involved in sixty four and sixty five. They can Colin didn't have a lot of money really in these days. Yeah. And they kind of updated it and brought it up to, to and the lot was twenty five, of course they were up to lot of seventy two and something else is yeah, later on, but yeah. But eighteen was up to twenty five by then. And of course up to the thirty three and then thirty eight was in the Napoli car. Yeah. So you can trace the history all the way through by the numbers, you know, it's good. But so the museum have you got this life history sort of set up, and, and that's kind of how you come into the museum. You, 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 you see some of this. I wanted it to be interactive, so it was a something that you, you could come and you could spend an hour or spend a day basically in there, and you could. I know before it opened, I was going to sort of testing the different systems because we've got telephone systems where you can pick it up and hear Jackie Stewart or Andy Cowan yeah. and a few others uh, speaking about Dan, about Jim, and various things. And if you really listen to them all, go in there. 
I had I had been there for six hours, so I still had to go yes. halfway around. But I'm, I'm, I know nobody listens to everything, but I could just physically, you, you, just get, you get the stamina to do that. I, I've been accompanied both times I have. I think I must go down on my own and listen to all that, of them all that, the way around. That, that's the secret, you have to go yourself. <laughs> but we did try to, 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 to help that on that aspect, because we know what it's like before when people get to see the trophies. You've got somebody tugging in the, the child to say, I'm bored, Dad, I want to go, you know, because they do not understand that. Yes. But now with the simulator there, and we've got a Lego system that you can build cars and, and put down little slopes and things so the kids can go away and play with that, but yes. you alone at peace to do, to do that, you know. And so, but it was all this, and also now there was three, three different films. Before we had one film, actually a Mark Stewart film, uh, that he put, produced uh, with his, with his blessing, he could change that we went for the museum before, but this one is three different bits of Indianapolis and Jim Clark. Version one and two, so at the early days and the later days, so so you can listen to ten minutes, quarter minute, and then go away and hold it, and then come back to the other film mm-hmm. or something like that. And they're all interactive. Just start yourself, do what you want, and and the same with all the 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 trophies now. They are all on an electronic rail. They're, 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 they're in sort of rows, as opposed to being a. Uh, on a flat shelf, they're actually in the roof, yeah. roofed out to the, the bottom and numbered, and you slide this rail along, and the, the number comes on this sort of on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on the screen, and you press that, it'll tell you there's a hundred words about every trophy, and there's some film footage and various things about every trophy. If you particularly want to look at certain ones, it tells you, apart from just telling you, presented to Jim Clark at the Belgian Grand Prix, it tells you probably who, what happened in that race and everything else. So there's mm-hmm. lots of so you can spend an hour or two in there and that oh, bit. Yeah. And then there's there's a, a gallery bit where there's two World Championship years with photographs of 63 and 65. And then you go around and you come to the the cars themselves, which is this World Championship car. And also Dari Fankitti's 1964 British Touring Car Championship winning Lotus Catina, mm-hmm. which is in there. And uh, and then there's, 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 you can buy uh, Jim Clark Tusted as, as a, 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 an area where they've got their own um, shirts and caps and things, key rings and memorabilia mm-hmm. and there's books and uh, uh, things that, that people have done, Eric Dimmick's got one mm-hmm. and uh, John David Tremaine has got one and so there's current books in there and things and of course because Charter Hall was where the border was racing in the early days and Winfield, both old aerodromes, all within 10 miles of Chernside We've recreated the Chatter Hall programmes and got books in there to cover on mm-hmm. the Chatter Hall mm-hmm. covers and things, you mm-hmm. know. In fact, just recently, uh, a policeman, uh, uh, Andrew Sudden, who used to be in Chernside in the old days, he used to be a bit of a car buff and he went to Stobbs Camp and he went to a Chatter Hall and he has just said it, he, he has found it, the complete collection of all the Chatter Hall meetings and the Stobbs Camp with Jim went to. to you know, in his very, very early days, mm-hmm. 1956 or whatever, we first started. Wow. And these are all filled in by his own hand, the, the results and things. And we've been offered them for the museum now as well. So, wow. so that's, we've got various odd ones. A lot of people have got one or two that found in the lofts and things. And he, he's got a complete collection. And when we've got the chap who he'd given them to many years ago, yeah, he said, I never really bothered with them. They're, they're, they're all in a case up in the loft. That's the way I got them from you. And he said, yeah, he said, I don't want them. Says, and when anything happens to me, he says, They'll probably just go in the skip, you know. So yeah. get them, come and stuff, still to pick them up. But that'd be good because nobody has got any of the Stubbs programs. Some stuff that, that was up near Hoyt. Mm-hmm. It's an old wartime camp up there, 
Yeah. These are both sport events up there. Be, be, um, I haven't been there, but it's uh, like be, you know, tiles and things like that. Yeah. So, so in the museum, there's his life history from day one to the end, and, and there's quite a big bit about Hockenheim, obviously, you know, and, and I've got this you know, bit of footage on that as well. Ian called and I were asked out there for the 50th anniversary of Hockenheim, and we'll take you to the site, which is about three miles into a wood now, of course. Mm. The old circuit, that part is not, didn't exist, and it's been taken up and there's trees planted, but you can still see where, and there's a tree in an area there where some. Um, at headstones and for Jim was killed at that spot, but it's a lovely memorial at Hockenheim now as well. There, mm -hmm. and so we we're, were guests of Hockenheim Car Club, you know, there, and, and um, by moving, touchy to go and see that, you know, Absolutely. and then more yeah. recently to go to FIA for Jim was inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, with, with, with uh, the nine other living world champions there, mm -hmm. and, and also, like me, the, the, uh, those that have been killed were represented by their family. So we'd have a great you know, two and a half days with, with them. And then, and then Jim and Jackie were inducted into the Hall of Fame in Scotland. And the Britannia, if I again if I said to Jim, um, and the Duke of Kent presented the prize, the, the trophies for that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've been lucky. But when Jim was, not when I say I'm lucky, I've been lucky to still have involvement and, and to, to keep the, the Jim's name alive through the board mm -hmm. that he was racing. And I think yeah. that's probably for the motorsport. I was always keen in motorsport because. When, when um, Jim's last two years of his life, he was basically a tax exile, he was away a lot. Mm -hmm. He lived with Javi Combat in, 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 in France for a bit, then he, he went to Bermuda. Uh, and so Jim's house was empty, and my mother was still alive. So when I got married, um, Jim's parents said, look, why don't you go see Jim's house? Because the trophies are all in there, and it's, it's empty most of the time. And you're only five miles away, and, and it's a you know. And, yeah, it, 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 just, it gives you something to do to, to have until you decide what because I've to build a house. Yes, it should uh, Yes. Uh -huh. So for the last few years I was there, and I was there. You know, that unfortunately when Jim was killed, so that that was a very poignant time, a sad time. You know, because that was on a Sunday and funerals the following Wednesday in Chirnside, and all these drivers come from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Dan Gurney coming, mm -hmm. still in his, just with his ordinary clothes, apologised because he changed, but. He, he got a plane from here to there to Edmonds Fair and he got up to Charter Hall just in time for the funeral and then they all came back to Eden Mains afterwards. Mm -hmm. Jackie Stewart had, because this was you know, the 8th of April or whatever, you know, and the tax year being the 5th of April, Jackie had just done it for Jim had left the country and couldn't come back for so many months or maybe the first year I think. He had to go to the Prime Minister Gordon Brown and get special dispensation to come back into the country. Mm. Which, but it providing you don't um, do any business and don't do this and do that, talk to you, you're not allowed to, you can come in and go, but you can't stay. And, mm. and they did. Yeah. Jackie and Helen came back in for that day, and Jackie told me that story when he's up for the opening not long ago. Yeah. And he kindly opened the museum again. Yeah. But you know, I often wonder about Jackie too, you know, you must think they're not doing a museum for me at the moment, but I think you almost have to be dead before they get out to do these things, well, you know. Perhaps, yeah. And, yeah, and um, yeah. But Jackie, you know, he's been great, you know, he, he would, he, he'll. He'd contact us and say, yeah, I'm going from Spain to Belgium, I'm, you know, uh, I'll drop it dead, but somebody can pick me up and bring me down and I'll just come and have a look. Unannounced to anybody, and he's done that a few times, just to see how the museum's getting on, you know, and, and, yeah. and, but it's going the way it was. And he, see, he opened it in 69, he reopened it in 93, and he's been up and down again, and he reopened it again this year for us. And he couldn't have done more for us. And he put his hand in his pocket, and I'm told that, you know, 
motorsport people are not going to put their hands in their pockets to give money because they need it for themselves or their own things, but, and they don't really. But, um, but Jackie did, to be fair, one of his own terms, but he contributed. You know, you know. They, they were they were incredibly close at, at the time, weren't they? Yeah. He called us. They said about the Batman and Robin, and, <laughs> and, and, and he, he, he was. And they lived in what they called the Scottish Embassy in London because I think it was Piers Courage. So I had a flat down there, and they, they lived there, and uh-huh. it's called the Scottish Embassy. And of course, the stories that you know, and I thought about it when I was down uh, in London at the weekend. There's a wee story for you there when they were walking around Leicester Square looking at the Odeon and everything else and the, the Empire and, and Jackie tells the story mm-hmm. for Jim and Jackie were there they would we'll go to the picture story it's something to do so they'd go around and they'd point to say which one they'd go and look at that one and they'd see where it started we'd go across to the other and see what was on by the time they'd done all this the thing was, it was about half an hour into it so, so they missed it and this <laughs> happened time and time again and uh, there was a famous one when they were in America they were crossing a railway line and it was about a five mile straight and Jim was driving and he drove up to the to the edge of the the, the level crossing to go onto it and looked either way and you could see you could see the thing for miles. And he turned to Jackie and he said, well, what do you think? <laughs> you should go over, you know, because Jim could never make his mind up, you know, and that was what, you know, and a nervous sort of disposition, chewed his nails a lot and just, just couldn't make a decision because it didn't light the limelight and that sort no, of thing. You know? I've often wondered that when you hear you read a lot about Jim's kind of how obviously he's incredibly decisive, had to be in a racing car but indecisive uh, when choosing a film or something like that. Did, did he ever come across, I'm, I'm sure he was the envy um, of all the, you know, I'm sure Colin Chapman was the envy of all the other team managers, team owners. Um, and I'm sure Jim was. I'm sure there was. He was approached from from time to time. Did he ever have that decision to make to stay at Lotus and go to somewhere else, or did he ever have that sort of decision to make well, to wander over? Do you think? I believe he never signed a contract. And I think that probably wow. because he wouldn't know what, what to agree with. Because I don't think in the early days, especially, he wasn't there for the money. He was there for the enjoyment of driving cars. And yeah. Scott Watson had, had, you know, pushed him into this in a way right yeah. through his career. Starting from coming when he was not meant to be driving, Pierce wouldn't let him drive, and he went up, he went up there to, to, to Ian's mechanic, and then after a few times, Ian said, "Look, well, he's going to have a go." He knew what Jim was doing; he couldn't work on things. Yeah, he could drive cars, and Jim instantly was three seconds a lot quicker. So yeah. they swapped roles. But of course, what Jim hadn't realised, what being up there, a lot of Jim's relatives up in Aberdeen, so mm-hmm. I've been at this race meeting, and when Bud got back down to. To, to his parents that Jim had been done well in the racing thing and, and little did they know he didn't drive the car. It seems to be a bit of a theme. You know, um, Jackie did that and yes. Colin McRae did that. Yeah, no. <laughs> my mother only came to one race and that was my last race. She never went to one either. They didn't approve really. You know. yeah. but, uh, and, and Jim's mother never went to a race. She wouldn't watch it even at home. She would go outside and, 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 and do, go do something or do something. And, yes. you know, baking or but when, when Jackie finished racing he went to see his mother uh, and, uh, and the comment was, well, you're far better out of that, son. <laughs> that was it. Uh, and uh, because Jackie saw 27 drivers killed in his time. Uh, I worked out about one every three months. And Helm would just say, when's it your turn? You know, and because Jackie had some big accidents, you know, mm. a spa when mm. he was trapped under the car with petal pulling over. Nobody had a spanner to get the, the, the steering wheel because it had been bent. Mm. They got the steering wheel off. Eventually an ambulance came. They got him into an ambulance. The ambulance didn't know the way to the hospital, got lost in the way to the hospital. And that's when when Jackie started this, you know, the driver's safety yeah. side, because said, this, is, this can't go on. People were getting killed with fires and everything else, you know. It wasn't bothered for that, because people no, said, look, come no. to see 
Uh, we don't seem to want to see people killed, but we come to accidents and spills as well, nothing more to support about. But, uh, but no, but, but anyway, Jack, Jim, um, you know, his own decisions and one thing or another, he totally changed. You got into the car, you could see his eyes from the photographs. Yeah. Steely. Yeah. Uh, totally in the zone. In the zone. Yes. But before that, chewing his nails or to do something. Yeah. Chatting up women. And, and Alice get uh, <laughs> Yeah, chatting up women. Yeah. Good, good, yeah, of course, I mean that. Good looking, good looking boy, you know. And a lovely smile, you know. See? But he, um, he, he, he just didn't um, uh, like the limelight, basically, and didn't enjoy speeches and dinners and things. He got better at it, but, yeah. you know. But you know, for the opening, Sally Stokes, his girlfriend, then Sally Swart and Ed Swart were over for, mm-hmm. um, out some, when they were here, and she was telling lots of stories about Jim as well. But she was a timekeeper for Jim, you know, yes. a lot of the time. But, but Jim couldn't commit to marrying or anything like this. Yeah. As long as I'm racing, he says, I can't commit to you because that wouldn't be a fair. You can understand that. He's already yeah. killed, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, Sally eventually, you know, things moved on, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. that's what it was. But, so, um, totally different, totally different time. But it's, it's amazing with safety is something that I, you know, care a lot about with motorsport and how yeah. you look at, at the time, you say Jackie Stewart's not, not popular at all. And, but they all, they're all, you know, all the drivers at that time, well, most of the drivers are saying the same thing, saying that this needs to change. And, you know, Jackie got them to be able to be listened yeah. to. But it's amazing that at that time, in the 1960s, you had, you know, Dennis Jenkinson in the Motorsport yeah. magazine saying that, you know, that Jackie Stewart and his milk and water racers. Yeah. And you think that's terrible. But even now, I remember when the halo, you know, the kind of the, the canopy thing that they've got in the Formula One. Yeah. And I remember... You know, the guys in the motoring press who know the drivers on a personal basis yeah. and have seen tragedy, and then you have something that's quite an obvious safety improvement, and they say, oh, no, this is taken away from the spectacle. And here we are in 2018, and we're still hearing yeah. that, you know, so it can never stop, you know, and without people. And Jackie still, uh, you know, um, he's still beating the drum about it, Absolutely. which is great. He, yeah. He's never let up, and, nope. and quite right, yeah. And, you know, Jackie has seen accidents of his own, as we were saying, but. Mm. It, you know, and he's, he's come through it, but he saw, you know, Francois Sever, his own teammate kills, yeah. who was like a son to him, you know, and it, that yeah. was his hundreds Grand Prix, and he, he did the practice, but never actually retired on the spot. Yeah. And that was him, he just did it just too much for them, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, he's seen other people killed, but, but to have somebody so close to him was that, because yeah. actually, Gull was going to be his successor. Yes. And, uh, you know, a nice guy. But, uh, no, I think, I think Jim, um, you know, Looking back, what we say, well, what's all the fuss about and all this museum? And that's a question we get asked. What would you how would you approve of this? But yeah. he'd be happy, please. I mean, when they, when they came home, the Chernside, as you can find the open top bus and everything else, and he, he did all that for the locals because they all supported him. Yes. And, and at least he could do was to sort of come out and be seen there, you know, in his old roles, waving to and doing that. And he did that, but it wasn't by his choice. No, know, no. But did, but did it in good in good humour. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I knew you had to do it. Uh-huh. And because the first, first three women I've done as well, you see. You know, yeah. Like, doing all that sort of thing. And that's on film in, in, in the museum. So it's good. Yeah. What, what was it like for you when you started motor racing? Was it was there any additional pressure being, you know, the cousin of Jim Clark? Or, or you know, was there an expectation upon you? Or was there, yeah. or did it help? Did it did it give you a kind of sense yeah. of pride to carry on, you well, know, Border Reavers and things like that? Jim was exactly 10 years younger. That's how older than I, yeah. He, he he was I was twenty two when Jim was killed, but I'd, I'd been married for two years by that time, uh, um, and, and and living at in Mainz. So at, at school I'd been I also get the Scotsman and see how he'd done in the, in the Tasman series, Natal, the Rand Grand Prix, or Poe, or wherever he'd been, you know, around the world. 
as a schoolboy hero, you know. Yeah. And then, of course, when it came to, and, and, uh, yes, we see Jim, family things and whatever, you, you know, and then come back occasionally and, and see the song go past the convoy, not come in, wave, you know, and, and just things like that. Um, so, and motor club dinners and whatever. But then, latterly, it, it, nobody saw much of them because they weren't in the country, you know, of course, being away. But, uh, and so, and living in, in Maine, and, 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 and just the history of being there, and people would come and say, Can I take a piece of gravel? All I want to take, I know Jim Carter walked over this at one point, you know. Yes. That sort of thing. I'm wow. meant to, it's all I wanted, you know. And more so after his death, you know, the, the lock came then. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so the bug went, I, I, I'd, I'd take my test and see myself till I was 17, and I was in State of the Motor Club and doing stuff, you know. <laughs> I remember driving to Charter Hall to the last meeting that was held at Charter Hall in 63, when I got, when I got my licence and then. But then I, my father had died when I was 18, so I uh, was too busy at home looking after the farm and one thing or another. And of course, and, and then Jim was killed in 68, and I went, oh, I've got to get out of the system sometime, because I'm, I'm always going to wonder if, 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 if yeah, I've been uh, to an itch. So 69, much against my, my father died, my, my mother's and family's wishes, I went, why do you want to go and kill yourself when you've got a farm to run and everything else? You're lucky enough to have that, why do you want to go and do that? But I had to get out of the system, so. And immediately he got Watson's um said like you 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 you, you carry the body he was colours which we did and uh, and up you know we had the salt iron on the roof and then, and and the body was for, for all for all the years and all the local companies so all you know we about ten local companies were very good at sponsoring you know yeah. had the names on the wings and the front and the back and everything else and, and so we did that you know with the escorts capris and one thing and another and stuck to. UK and Ireland, you know, yeah. we didn't go, so, so first of all, it's a farmer. Yes, and yeah. You'd be at Brands Hatch at five o'clock at night, you know, because the saloon cars were also last race to keep the crowds there, because uh, they could identify with the cars. Yes. Uh-huh. And then you just 500 odd miles back up the road uh-huh. to be out for half past seven on the Monday morning, which we were yeah. there, you know. Yeah. We're lucky we had, you know, a team of Archie and then some mechanics and a guy from Newcastle who drove the, drove the, the team bus, you know, with the car in it, so we could just shoot up in the car and get home. Yes. The rest, but the, the, he would come up through the middle of the night and get home. But, but so we were up, because the last, 1978, we did 43 races. And, you know, and we won the, the championship for the most club wins in, in saloon cars that year with 28 wins. And that was that in the Beetle? In the, the Beetle, 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 yeah. And yeah. Was, I think there was 13 circuits we went to. We held the last record at nine of them. And it became, a, that's what all we were kind of doing last year, chasing last records, because uh, Kenny Atson had won the most races. Uh, for any for any for any vehicle, and, and I was second that year in seventy eight. But for I won the championship for the for the saloons anyway. Wow. But that was you know we got the Mallory Park trucks and but you know and these boys would, would come up for because it was called super saloons in these days. Yes, it was the biggest biggest engine you could have. So there was V eight Capris, there was uh, eight liters for Corvairs, there was Skodas, there were no more Skoda or anything else. DFV Formula One engines in them, you know, oh and, you know, and I had a the five liter Chevy in the back of a Formula Five thousand car with a body on it, because the the car had to be uh, the super saloons had to be the, the engine gear had to be the same half as the production car. Well, a Volkswagen Beetle, you know, a single seater car. Didn't yes, you? yeah. And it's got a body on it, you know, and that still it had to be similar, you know. Yeah. What sort of power did it put out? About seven hundred horsepower. What does it weigh roughly? Uh, uh, Oh, I'm not quite, I don't ask you, I don't know what it weighed, but I know it was not uh, 100 and, and, and 4 seconds and, and, and 3 miles to the gallon. Oh my word. Uh, and when I worked out the, 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 the speed on the gearing, 
It tops people's hand and eighty nine mile an hour. If you, oh. if you did a long enough sleep, you could do that. Oh my word! But so you went, you know, it, it was quick. You Serious, know. but okay. quick, yeah. But it, because I'm just a, a, a formula five thousand with no body work apart yeah. from this fabulousing. Yeah. Two pins in the front, two pins in the back, and the front end, the back end came off. It could be a single seater again, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. So you could really have left put yeah. any kind of yeah. body yeah. on the top of it. Wow. So no, so there were lots of different cars there. Yeah. Extraordinary, yeah, yeah. and it's great, and it's still it's here at the it's farm here, now. Yeah, it's at the wow. farm. Wow. It actually belongs to Dave Taylor, but I've got it's it, 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 all this year, had me for quite a while. A bit like Jim Clark's Alan that that Javi Comeback, so oh, Peter Windsor. Yes. It's here. But, but then I've got two other cars, yeah. The um the, the little yellow Alan is almost the, the is a kind of it's a almost the the prized possession of the yeah. trust in a way, isn't it? It's it is, the yeah. showpiece. Yes. And I remember when when, when we saw each other last at um at, oh, at Andrew Cowan's garage and we viewed his incredible collection and uh, I remember us parking my yellow lotus the modern lotus beside Jim's Alan and that was that alone was amazing for yes. me and I remember us milling around and you saying to me she said why don't you, you go and take a wee run up the hill in the little yellow one yeah. and I I about fell off <laughs> <laughs> fell over standing up yeah. and uh, so and of course Andrew's drive is it's like a, it's like knock yeah. hill it's, it's, it's tarmac yeah. beautifully yeah. And I remember getting in and going, this is Jim's steering wheel, this is yeah. Jim's seat, this is Jim's yeah. car. And I remember Lucy and I hopping in and yeah, right, driving up the road. And then I, I thought, oh, wait a minute, I don't know how to get in reverse gear. So I had to sort of look yeah. around yeah. And first and come back. But that was so special. But yeah. um, tell us a little bit about that car and the story behind it. And what it, Oh, yes, of course, I'll pause. We'll pause there, folks. Um, there we go. And... Welcome back. Now, the, the little yellow Alain, tell us a little bit about that, that car and what it meant to Jim and, and maybe a little story about it. Yeah, well, uh, the, the, the yellow Alain was really Jim's second Alain after his, the, the one he had when he was um, first racing, uh, racing because he was given that one and because there's a caption that says that I drive the Alain because I want to, not because I have to. And that was the red one. Um, so, <clears throat> later on, uh, that was 1962 car, in 1966, he bought a the yellow land. Obviously, he bought it. There's, there's a sales note with the car. I don't know if he actually physically or what it was given, but it's, and it's about fifteen hundred pounds or twelve hundred pounds. But about twenty five percent of the cost of that car was the radio system in it, <laughs> and so obviously that was the expensive part then. And um, so, and that was Jim Clark, Eames and Mains, and but he took that to. Paris because he was living in Paris with the journalist Jaffe Combat, who was his friend really out there and uh, that car was, was what he used until he, he went to Bermuda and he just gave it to Jaffe he says you can have that and uh, and, uh, and that car is, is, is what's out there still and it still goes very well and it's it, uh, actually the mechanic keeps an eye on it for Peter Windsor and he very kindly says he will just use it for, for promotional things that you want to do with the trust. Yes. And I think of what I'm doing is that, that is a free garage, probably cheaper yeah. than it is, but keeping it in London anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know? keep it looked after. Uh, and uh, yeah. so, and it's here until such time as Peter wants it. But, yeah. And uh, when we had Jim's Red Hill land here as well, and the Aurora, we'd quite a collection in the, yeah. in the shed of, of Jim's car. But uh, I can remember in 2015, when we were commemorating or celebrating both uh, Jim's um, Formula One and Indianapolis, when we had a two-day event at Duns, mm -hmm. where we had two Lotus 25s, Lotus bought up a current Formula One car, we had about five Lotus containers, including the worst Lotus container, because I went and collected Dario's car and brought it down from, uh, from, from um, 
the nose where he kept them. And anyway, during the, week, the weekend, the, the cars couldn't just put lights in the seat and done. So I had all these cars in the, the shed here. I couldn't get them all in. And there was another Formula C car. I, I think we had, you know, we worked it out about you know, 30 million points worth of cars or something, you know. And, uh, you know, how do you ensure that? Uh, you know, you almost sort of stick by them all night in case anything happened. And I was mighty pleased to see them go away. Again. Yes. But, but I remember taking photographs, taking, you know, the, the cars in here, the, the, the single-seater cars here, have won a total of 30 Grand Prix. Wow. You know, and I thought, no, no where else could you say that, you know, in a, in a farm in, 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 in the borders, you know, or anywhere, you know. But the, these cars, the history of these cars here, plus the, 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 the British Touring Car Championship winning cars, mm. and the Formula 3 cars, and, and, and you know, there's quite a lot. Because I said, no, and, and, and the current Formula 1 Lotus car. Yes. There. You know, albeit, it, 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 I'm sure we'd have all done it. It was, it was devastating right anyway. Yes. But it was here, because yeah. the Lotus brought it up. So, I mean, that, you know, that, that, I, I, I thought, no, I wonder what, uh, you know, what you're going to make of this. And then he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, it was, it was just great to think. And I just sat there and looked at them and thought, I just think of all these cars that have been in the world. The you know, stories, the yeah. stories that you could tell, uh-huh. you know. And it's, it, and you think, you know, Colin Chapman's background behind a lot of these cars, and you think Lotus is a brand that it's, you know, you look at all the other small British car manufacturers that have come and gone, and Colin Chapman, he had to, he certainly had to duck and dive to keep the company going, both in motor racing and in the road cars. Well, I mean, that's right. It, sometimes I often think that when I'm driving my Lotus and I look at the buys and I think, it went for Colin Chapman, and and to a yeah. great yeah. extent, Jim, uh-huh. would would I be driving this car at well, all? Well, that's right. No. It's a fact. You know? yeah. I mean, uh, Colin got involved with that DeLorean Oh, debacle and one thing another. <laughs> and some people have, have said, allegedly, if he hadn't died, he could maybe be in prison, you know. But uh, I, I don't know if it all went on, I don't know the full stories to all mm-hmm. that, but I think there'll be some, I don't know if there were grants going or where the money was coming from or going mm-hmm. from or what happened, but because they, they were getting the engine, they got loads of engines in them, weren't they? And yes. That sort of thing, that was the deal. Yes. But, yes. but Colin unfortunately had a heart attack and it probably threw worry in the thing. I think, I think his, his whole life would be. Living on the edge, you know, and, and they oh. built they built the cars to live on the edge, you know, and, and that's successful because they were light, and but but they did break, and that was you know what, what could happen, and that unfortunately they did break, and of course, Jim, you know, in the last two races of two years, uh, it, another two world championships, yes. you know, an oil leak, you know, it's still a little thing like that, you know, yeah, but uh, or we could have won more, but in these days, of course. Uh, they were, you know, in the morning they would race a sports car or something, they would race a saloon car, two car championship, and then they would race the, and then they go up three cars. Yeah. And that stopped in the 60s, not after yeah. that, but today's driver comes yeah. out of his motorhome, and walks yeah. down the line to the paddock, you know, and then uh, has a national lantern and then gets in his yeah. car and he goes, yeah. And away you go. Yeah. You've seen a little bit of it returning now, with, with not so much on the same day, but you've seen a little bit like Fernando Alonso saying, well, I'll have a go at the Indy 500 yes, and we'll do right. a Dakar or mm-hmm. stuff. And I think it's great to see drivers doing what Jim and Jackie yeah. and all these guys would do is just showing a little bit of adaptability, you know, being able to, we were talking about Andrew Cowan mm-hmm. earlier on driving, I never knew he'd driven a single seater car, yeah, I always yeah. thought Andrew, yeah. you know, he's yeah. that about all his successes in rally, but the, to see that sort of adaptability between yeah. is, is fantastic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, because I, mean, I, I like Andrew. Um, my last year, uh, a well-known driver to us, Andy Barton, who was a great guy from Newcastle, who's won the most races at Costa and then there, because that was his home circuit. A great guy, and he used to have a Austin, he used to have a 1100 
a thousand more sound than no more more sound than any else. But he would win everything in an AC of the very quick car. But he said to me, look, you're going to have to get into a single seater before you stop. And I said, well, I'm not sure to. Technically, I was covered in insured as long as I had a roof over my head, but yeah. and, and a, for life insurance, so yes. I couldn't get that to drive a single seater. Yes. He said, you're going to have to have a go, I'm going to meet you, you know. And he, he did. So we, we raced three or four times at Croft, uh, two times at Ingerson. And uh, that made you realise the difference between, you know, a, a car, because that car had been a well, uh, been a well sorted car before, and it drove very well in it. And uh, at Croft, there was um, a series of bends at one end that, that, that um, Sunny, they called Sunny, and because I'd driven there for 10 years and almost lifted off with the saloon car goes through these. Yeah. And, and God, it's flat, a bit like Jim and Andrew at yeah. It's flat, take it flat, you'll be fine. Could you make your mind, could you make your, get your foot down? Because you thought, I, I can't, because I've done it for 10 years, I've driven every lap around here. Uh, and lifted because I have to, because it's not as agile as a single seat car. And then eventually, deep breath, I thought, well, it's in for a pen, in for a pen. <laughs> and once you did it, once, it, it made that corner so much easier because it was flat, it just steered and it, because it stuck to the ground, yes. the saloon would have been off, you know? Yes. And, 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 and straight away, I was three or four seconds quicker, a lot quicker, you know, than I had been just in the first few just laps like time that. In, wow. in, in, in that car. And uh, I couldn't believe, you know, it's how how quick these cars were, because you're so used to driving a car, you know, a heavier car. Yes. But a single-seater car, I enjoyed it, loved it, yeah. Wow. And, and, and then we had to go and do, we raced in the British Grand Prix in a truck. So, uh, British Littles wanted us to, to do a, 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 the British Grand Prix at Donington. So I, I, I take my, we had a few wagons on the, on the farm, and I, I did my HGV class one, so I was, uh, design, but I never actually did very much backward. But if I ever asked any men to do anything, to go in a sprayer or do anything like that, yeah. I would always do the sprayer course myself and you'd take the exam. You'd never ask him to do something you could do yourself. You know? Yes, sure. And, uh, lead by example, hopefully. And also, sure, so yeah. I knew what they were doing if I did it myself. Yeah. And, but he didn't have time to do it. I drove combines for a long time until we started a company called Marco, which, uh, which was land management yes. for another estate. And I had enough time. But anyway, Going back to the truck racing, uh, Archie, the mechanic and I, we set off with this truck from, from home, down to Johnson, down the M1 and everything, and I'd never driven a truck in my life, apart from doing my tests and everything else like that. And of course they didn't have a trailer on the back, so this body just, just bounced up and down, all the way down to Donington, you know. But I thought, I've got to get used to the gears and get to know this thing before. Yeah, so that was the warm-up on the drive that, that, down. The, that was the warm-up going down there. <laughs> and there was, there was Barry Sheen and um, Nigel Mantle, and there were quite a few others all doing this. Truck uh, um, race. Was Steve Parrish doing it by Parrish, that point? Yeah. Yes, yeah, he I was very successful. He was a motorbike man because yeah. I remember mm-hmm. chatting to him. I met him in the lift and the we were there. And he, he, he was, I can't remember his name, but that's exactly what it was. Yeah. He was there. And uh, I've actually just been moving offices and I've been cleaning out a lot of things and I've got stuff all over the place. And I've been finding magazines and things that <laughs> didn't existed, you know. And I come across these sort of yeah. truck magazines. Oh, God, I remember that. Yeah. And, and I remember that. And uh, yeah, and came um, third in my first race, so I was pleased with that, you know. Against cause my lorry wasn't any light sorted compared to some of these buff dafts that came over from Holland. It was an international, you know. So this was just a regular road lorry, and you yep, took yep. it and raced it at the... Jim Douglas had done the Leon de- dealers. Just, <laughs> just did some work in the engine. Just did a few mods. Probably it's a good service, I think, more than anything else. And then, off to, then drove it down there and then raced it. 
and and you come in down the crane of my curves and come into the bottom, the bed, you know, bouncing sideways through this thing, oh and you think this is going upside down. The first few laps are horrendous, you know. You're, you're sitting away up the air too, you know. Yeah. And, and of course the suspension, it's, it's just bouncing because there's no weight, there's no tail to keep it. Yeah. And, and you come in the corner and, and, and you turn it in and it just bounces sideways. I can't feel it. And I've watched other people over the years and they're tipping over, so my movie won't tip over either, but we're going to find out. And game started to qualify for the final, but, and then, but, but when you get to the final, there was, there was three heats for it, you know? Yes. And so we fell down the field on that, because it was, it was an international event, and British Grand Prix, and they'd come from all over Europe, you know? And some of these belongings were well sorted. Yes. You know, uh -huh. But it's just great to be part of it. You know? Wow. And, and, and then drove it all the way home again. again yeah. My goodness. Is that right? did, did you ever fancy to have a few laps around the local roads giving it a, no, I didn't a bit of a test? <laughs> that was it. That was it. Yeah. It, it, it just was a bit of fun. But you know, we were getting near the end of our career, but, but you know, we really didn't know what to do. And I thought, yeah. I didn't want to go any further. And, yeah. and, and um, we then did some road going saloon races. Because mm -hmm. the, the super saloons, if we get to sort of way and then, the, the engines have got bigger and bigger and things, and then I think probably environmentally it wasn't very uh, yeah. good and things, and things were getting fade away. That chap called uh, Jerry Marshall, who was well well known, uh, uh -huh. he, he had big Bertha and baby Bertha and five litre holding engines and big Vauxhall. <laughs> the might of these, you know, Vauxhall, dealer team Vauxhall were, were running these things, and Mick Hill had, you know, I always bought somebody else a second hand car because yeah. Nick Whiting had a big, he before GA. And uh, Colin Hawker had a big DFVW, and I bought that, and I bought Nick Whitey's one, I bought Mick Hill's one, and they, they'd sorted them, and, and, and then they wanted to build something new. And of course, yes. it was sorted, so by the time they got their sorted the following year, up, uh, you, you could beat them. Because yeah. 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 the first year at Ingleston, I had a little old Anglia, and the, the first race is back suspension broke, and we tied a block, block of wood in the, the, the top of the wheel arch, and some wire, actually wire, that just to do the race, we came studying it, so that's just... You know, in an old banger, and and Graham Burrow and Jenny Burrow were, were, were racing for a while in Glasgow, and, and the proper works Ford twin cam, Mark Two Esco, and because being the big sort of man, I said, oh, one day I said, if you ever think about selling that, you know, I, I would buy, you know, not in a clue how I was going to pay for it or do it. I'm going to just start racing. I thought that looked like a car. Anyway, but Christmas time we got a phone call one day. Uh, you know, he said you'd be able to buy the car. Well, it's yours now if you want it. And because uh, we're building some new ones, mm -hmm. and I, I thought, oh god, I can't, I can't sort of back out of this. Yeah, yeah. Got, you know, <laughs> got anyway, I was looking at the mains at the time, and um, so Wilders and Glasgow uh, brought the car through. We put it into Jim's garage at the mains, and I was the proudest boy on earth with this Wilders and Glasgow car. This one has got a championship. Yeah. And so the Ford artist to drive. For them for the next year, mm -hmm. I went to Fordsport the Brad's Hatch. I'd never been over the border in the car before. And before we went, Archer and I went to Charter Hall, took up and down the runway because we didn't know what to do, how to, what to do with it or anything else. <laughs> and it seemed to be going fine, we could get started, we could get stopped and everything. So we thought, well, just put it on the tailor. And we went to Brad's Hatch to this um, Fordsport day, and all the drivers, anybody came started overall at Brad's Hatch, first oh, time wow. out. So I was pleased with that. I thought, well, but it's a long way again to go down there. Was that the race you were telling me about with all the GT40s in it? No, 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 it was a different one. Yeah, yeah. 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 there was one race because we, would, we then after we, I should have sold that car, but a lovely car, but, but uh, we then moved on to big engines. So I bought a Charles Beatty, I built a five litre V8 Escort, and that that's the one that uh, people know about. The, 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 
the pleasure of reminding me that I went over the toilets at Ingleson with that, and uh, <laughs> the throttles jammed wide open, and they hooked onto the, the engine, and the, and, and the design of the car was that when you strapped in, you couldn't reach the, the buttons, so I couldn't switch the engine off or the ignition, because oh. I couldn't get near anything. So I'm going around the back of Ingleson, flat out, couldn't stop it, and it hit the grass, it was slicks on grass, it's like going on ice. Oh. It hit the barrier, the barrier folded back, I went up in the air, about 10 feet, I could see the 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 M8 going to Glasgow, I thought, I'm going to go in this main road, so like, it's around the back there. Yes. And then yeah. it landed on top of the toilets. There was three people in the toilets. One got a broken leg, two got broken arms. And uh, the engine just, the car disintegrated, basically. But I was sat in the middle of it, and, and, and it was fine. But wow. people have, I think you get no pleasure, but they do. They remind me nicely about this <laughs> toilet. You know. And there were three Glasgow policemen, so... And at, at, at night, after the race meeting, uh, Bill Dragon, who's a good mate of mine, who raced for SMT Vauxhall. Yes. Him and I were around three hospitals, visiting people that were in hospital, you know. Yeah. None of them, thank goodness, were badly hurt and fine. And yeah. Today, they'd probably be sued or something, I don't oh. know. But, no, but nothing happened. Nobody was... It was a racing accident. Yes. Uh-huh. But another one like that was at, was at Ruffers, um, an old deal circuit, down near Scotch Corridor, just south of Croft. And Mick Hill and I were racing, and it was the second last lap, where we were both trying to get outbreak each other at the end of a long, long street. And... and and down there, these circuits were just a barrel, oil barrels and things, but there's a fence on the one right hand side. And uh, came to the end of the street, I went to put the brake, there's no pedal. And if you, a brake pedal underneath it, there's a screw that screws into yes. the pedal, you alter the yeah. height. Yes, well, uh, this screw had screwed itself out, oh, and no. the pedal's lying on the floor, and no brakes. We were doing 150, 60, or whatever. Anyway, just hit this, hit this wall, it went about, I'm told, 30 or 40 feet in the air. And it came, when it came down, it was like a bit screwed up banana, it was oh, like an S. And they took me off to the medical centre and said, you can't come out of that without having something wrong because the, the G-forces would be, I was yeah. perfect, I was, I was fine, I was fine. But, no, wow. but uh, at Croft, the first time I went to Croft, because it used to be, Ingleson was a big circuit, you know, so uh-huh. I was there all the time, SMRC, Scottish Muslim Cup. I went to Croft for the first time. Uh, when we went in, uh, I got the car squeezed here and they came back around, and then the first, practice, um, I saw the ambulance coming back and somebody had been killed uh, and they were bringing him into the into, into the medical centre and I'd never seen anybody killed like, just like that and my first race down there, that made you think, do I want to be doing this? Why yeah. am I doing it? You know, what, what, I, it really brought it home to me, you know, yeah. I thought this guy came in, left home from his family this morning just to go to have this fun and, and that's what that, that's the outcome, you know, and I had all of this, of course it was Jim of course, Nothing else. So that really did shake me the first time. I thought, well, yeah, it's, it's what that happens is the risk you take, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that did give me a, a little, made you think hard, you know. But no, we were fortunate we didn't have any, any injuries. A good border reavers make strong cars. Cars, so, yeah. yeah, they crash but, well. Know, <laughs> with some yeah. accidents, but, but they, were, they were all mechanical, really. Yeah. Oh, we had to bits and pieces of other things, but no. Yeah, there was another one. I was on the on the front of the grid at Ingleson, and of course the, 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 the grid would probably go for about 8 or 10, you know, 20 cars, two a piece, all the way back around the corner. And, and at the front I put my hand up because the engine, the, 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 the yes. stopped, it stopped, I couldn't get started, so I'm sitting at the front. And, uh, and, and, and nowadays they put a flag in front and say, you know, do something. Yeah. This was a mini about 150 yards back, char head down, so the flag, never thinking it was, it was of course, I'm static, 
and stayed in the back of me, you know, took the corner of the car, you know, oh. and, you know, you think, oh, what a waste, but that, these kind of things happen, they do, and, and you're yeah. waiting for it, you know, yeah. Yeah, and it happens, but, yeah. but maybe you should, now do it as you get out the car or something, I don't know, yes. but you could, because these days, you started walking across the track, everybody could see him, you know, up these little restaurants, they dropped the flag, you know, not mm. lights, like they're all lights no, now. it's all know. different, yeah. It's all different, you know. Yeah. Because you've also to judge when it's going to, because you have the flag up, and then you, <laughs> where is it? you get black flagged, or you get penalised 10 seconds for a jump start or something, so it was almost, I remember, yeah. it was often Bill Dryden there, he would on the front of the grid, he'd look across and give him a wee wave, you know, when we were starting, because we were best of mates, you know. Yes. Uh -huh. But once you're on the track, you're away, you know. Yes. It was a lot of fun. It was good fun. And finally, what's, what's next in 2020 for the museum and for Jim Clark Trust? Jim Clark Trust, Trust the museum? Well, um, obviously, the, we, we talked about it more earlier when we were doing phase one. Whether it'll be a phase two or, or just an extension of some sort to into the walled garden to try and get some more cars, but mm -hmm. I think we've got a rest on our laurels a wee bit because Jackie Stewart says, "Look, you've done very well to get to this stage. You've done this. Don't flog it. Keep flogging it because you're second people. Yes, they've, they've paid. They've done it, uh, and and you got it built. It's 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 great. It's, yeah, it looks to me he says you've done well with that. Just." Just keep going yes. for a bit yes. until we went to the, the, the cafe instead, I suppose. Yes. That was yeah. the next phase. Yeah. We did that. But uh, I think going on, if, 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 well, now we're we discussing it the other day. You know, we've done this, the opening, we've done the Avora bit, this car. So we said, what, what, what did we do? So we're going to what we call the commercial stage, I think. Yes. And that's trying to consolidate, have means and ways of raising money for the museum, so whether it be through, through the watches, whether it be through clothes, memorabilia, that type of thing. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and have an online shop, you know, that type yes, of thing, yes, and sure. raise money. But the first and foremost, we've got to raise money to keep the museum going, you yeah. know, because the, the money it's raised, well, for example, if, if you, when people go to the museum, it's, it's £5 a head, or it's £14 for a family of four on these concessions at £4.50. But once you've paid that money, you can go as many times as you like for the following 12 months. Mm -hmm. So, so they ain't going to get any, if, as I say, people keep coming back, they're not getting any more yeah. money from that, because yes. they've been, they still maybe buy memorabilia and stuff, mm -hmm. but you know, they've done very well, because they've, they've all been the first time visits, so they've been getting a lot of money. Yeah. And what we've noticed is, um, we budgeted to get um, you know, the tax benefits, you know, back, you know, yes. uh, mm -hmm. and, and everybody has, has 61%, as opposed to this, but what thought would be 31%. I've said, you know, you can get tax benefit from that, you know, yes. they've signed up for that as well, so so that's good. Uh, but to, to answer your question, I think it's, yeah, just take a wee breather. Yeah, know, and very wise. Yeah. From July the 11th to July, October, to October the 11th, we had a 10,000 spare that came through the museum, and now since October till this, this month, we're 12,500 or thereabouts, and it closes this weekend, so therefore, you know, it's not going to be in the limelight. I mean, what, what has happened just um, last weekend, uh, we were down in London for an IEC uh, club in Pall Mall. They had a, a, a national awards evening and there were 10 different uh, categories. And one was for the best historic um, museum in the UK. And all these awards had, they were down to a final shortly of three. So we were up against the Bugatti Museum the National um, uh, British Transport Historic Museum mm -hmm. and, and ourselves. And uh, anyway, 
there was four of us went down and um and we won it so 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 that is cute you know some cuteness on that what a scoop and, <laughs> and also jim clark's indy stp car that nick fennell one of our benefactors who's helped us a lot who's got a, a 25 uh he, he he's been restoring a, a lot of 38 which is jim's indianapolis car 66 67 and um that was up against uh, some landover uh, from way back in the 40s and that beer of stored and anyway that one as well <coughs> and lee mckenzie who's the hostess tonight who's uh, on television does formula yeah. one does, <laughs> does six nations the olympics and everything else um she was, she was saying well because we're all here for awards she said i've only ever won one award it's a dr john clark Buffy award for something for, for, for sports in scotland or something yeah and, and we met her before various things and when we was up to get her awards she said because I said, I'm all seeing about you lot, she says, because she's Scottish too. And she said, uh, David Coulthard's always bending me here. Uh, Derek Van Kitty's bending me here about the Jungle Act Trust. And she said, I hear about it all the time. And I said, yeah. So that was nice. She, she was, oh, yeah. charming. So yeah. she came on very well. So I think the museum, really, um, consolidation, but looking, just keeping our eyes and ears open, they're looking at ways and means to keep raising funds to, to, to possibly ex- expand it, to try and get a few more cars in, because mm-hmm. there is space in it out there. Uh, to, to do it and uh, but we can't keep asking people for money all the time we've got to earn the money i.e by doing it commercially since yeah. some form or other so mm-hmm. but you know we've achieved what we set out to do mm-hmm. in 2012 and probably a better standard than we thought we were going to have you know but having said that 1.65 million <laughs> is, is no it's is a lot of money and but it's there the council are happy with it everybody's happy for no bad feedback from it mm-hmm. and the suggestion boxes everything else are all there and so between the cafe and, and that you know it's a good combination for Duns and it's bringing what it is doing is bringing tourism to the borders it's a be- benefiting benefiting the borders and Duns and of course the council are now the big thing now is the tapestry they're going to unveil three million pounds something in 2021 in Gala Shields so right. that's going to be a big draw for them now so they'll be you know, when you think for one point two five million, not much compared to what they're doing there, but, but you know, it's a, it's another big project that they're, they're, they're doing now. Isn't it? Yeah. So the museum will have to carry carry it one way, but um, but, the, the, but we can't thank the people enough who are head of you know, a front of desk. There's a team of four or five there doing the shifts, and everybody, everybody get a great welcome when they go in, mm-hmm. and they love it. And these guys love it all as well. Yes. And they're now a, a team themselves. They said they've organised their own Christmas dinner together as a team, and they go to the bistro. Yeah. Jump that cafe. So for for, for them, they do you know dinner and things like that. And we actually took uh, the Jump Clark Trust helpers who've been to Goodwood, and all over the you know the eighteen or twenty of us went, and fortnight go to the bistro. It's a lovely night there, and, and it's just a, a way of saying thank you to to all the, the team who have sold tickets for the Avora and been mm-hmm. to Goodwood for four days standing behind there selling t-shirts and things and, and without these volunteers unpaid it's not possible to do it yeah so we can all thank them but because we, we punch above our weight when it's you know Ian called Ben Smith myself and as we speak this past week we've taken on uh, a, a, a new um, uh, trustee to come on now as well so he'll be officially announced that going forward and that will because we need to expand it probably to bring a bit more width into it you know mm-hmm. you and I are not going to be around forever you know and uh, 
I need to make sure we've got succession plans in, in there as well, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so. Uh, well, it's it's. Uh, I must say, um, c- c- congratulations to all of you. You've done an amazing job. The museum is first class. Um, I've 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 been telling everybody about yeah. it to go down and see it. I've had a couple of visits myself. You should all all of you, the trust, all the volunteers, the committee, everything. You should be so proud because. Raising that level of money in today's day and age is not easy. Um, and then not just raising the money, but all the obstacles involved to, to get that. And I think what you said about the you know the it being in keeping with the area, the, the museum just looks it just fits in beautifully. So you should be very proud and uh, you know, well done. And thank you very much for having me down to to the farm to have a chat today. Well, thank, thank you, you for, Peter, for coming down. And it's it's only when you sit down and take time to start thinking and it brings things back again, you know. <laughs> and it's probably a bit of a ramble on there, but, but anyway, it's, 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 I think it's covered most of the salient points about what we've done. And it's been all, you know, it's taken a lot of time over the last few years doing this, but, yeah. but it's been fun and we've seen it, been to a lot of places as well, you know, France, yeah. Germany, you know, Monaco, whatever, whatever, doing it to get to the end game. And, and people like Sir Jackie Stewart and all the other patrons that, made it possible and people like you coming in you know doing this it all helps to, to put, put the word out there let people know mm-hmm. what there is and it is certainly a well worthwhile visit to come to Dunn's. yeah and the sebastian petal said to me when i was over in paris for the the the, the, the grand prix event last year the uh, you know he said i'm coming to Dunn's, but he said should i know where Dunn's is but, uh, but, so, uh, but, I said, well, we'll soon start telling you who it is. And Nigel Mansell wants to come in too. And people like Damon Hill were there. And, you know, Alonso, they all said, well, we're going to come. But if that piece done on the map, you wow. know, then great, you know. And I can a, see a, a get together coming on. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people have said, I've said, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're not the, it's a bit off the beaten track, but we'll make a run to Duns, you know, and get there. So, that, that, and if they could stay in the borders for a bit and look around, then it, it all helps the economy. As a Jim Clark earlier, of course. Great, yeah, that great, what great to see that great back, to back as well. Again, because yeah, because the, 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 the rally when it's in, in its heyday, when it was you know all singing dancing with the championships and everything else, as it will be again, I believe next year mm-hmm. and it'll be in May. Uh, uh, you know that brought, brings in three and a half four million pounds to the area. Wow! Because you know, it's not just a weekend; it's the wrecking that goes on and all the other work and everything else. And these people come and stay. You can't get a bed for the thirty miles, you know, for that that, that weekend. You know, yeah. every every bed and breakfast is taken up. Yeah. And that's great, you know. For, for, and also these people come and see it. And and, and then the um the go is like, Oh, that's a nice part of the country. It's not, yeah. it's not coming down with cars and queues and lorry. We'll come back and have a look have a wee break here. Yeah. You know? That's what I always think when I come down here, like when you're going around the the lanes of the borders and you you just think, Oh, this is where you yeah. know Jim and all the guys would have been tearing around on the way to young farmers dances now. Often think, What a wonderful place to live as well. Yeah. And the other thing <laughs> had the um the Tour of Britain, you know, the thing of Stanford. Yes, of course, yeah. And the Kirin the Waters came to keep Gail Sur and Duns chance it was all over the place here. Mm-hmm. And I watched it on television and you think, God, I've got a great advert for yeah. that, that day when they did the borders look, you know. Yeah. Driving all these they come up to the crossroads here and turn the wheel on to Berwick and back around Chinside and up to up you know, up to Battens yeah. and to Lammermuir's now. You think, well, you know, that's a great advert. Everybody saw that border, the hills and the fields yeah. and the farms. You know, and it's, it's great to see that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's brilliant, and I'm and I'm and no doubt the museum will, will be a big part of that in, yeah. in the future. Yeah, so I, I appreciate so. your time, Doug. Thank you very much. What Thank will, you. What I've got to say are, are the car clubs coming now? Oh, of course, yes, yes. We've had quite a few car clubs coming down, and we had. Um, Ferrari drivers and we've got the MG car club, they've been once they're coming again, and there's other ones 
and and the, the, the people who organise these things from all over, we've had them from Bidwood, mm-hmm. and they are, so the, the museum is open in the wintertime by appointment. Ah, okay, that's good. If you phone up and say there's 10 of us who want to come down, then they say, well, fine, we've got a member of staff, but if you can give them a donation, yes. you know, to, to cover some of the costs. It doesn't yeah. have to make it, to open it up because you're going to clean it and give it yes. a bit of the summary. But the, so they, we are getting, and we're good, we have uh, that, the question you asked them, what's next? The, the, the next thing actually, imminently, is the Jim Clark Trail. And ah, so we're okay. working harder on that. And a new website. Okay. The website's nearly ready, it's coming on, because that, that's where the online shop will be, and you know, the website, we've done a new website, and that's coming on fine. Uh-huh. But the Jim Clark Trail, and there'll be a short trail or a longer trail, you can, and then maybe overnight stay, and um, we can organise the Jim Clark Classic or something, you know, all that sort yeah. of thing. And maybe have one of it. We say starting up, could be starting in Fife, come any, for example. Yes, yeah, uh, come down here. There, yeah. Stops, uh, you know, and uh, we've got the cafe for whatever as well. But there's local hotels, you know, and yes. around about it, we, 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 we get them into it, you know. And so that, that, that trail, what will take you to Chinside, to Charterhall, to Winfields, yeah. you know, Stubbs Camp, and it goes far as long as short as you want to do, you know. And you think, of course, you think how many people in Edinburgh, you live in Edinburgh, they have a nice car. You want to come down for the day? They come Perfect. Over, come over yeah. Gifford, they have yeah. over, over, over the, the hill. hill. Lovely. 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 Summer yeah. day. Could you get yeah. a, I hardly see a car, but you get a few sheep and then, but you know, lovely run. You can come one way and go back, back over suit yes. the road. Yeah. That's quite nice to run. Suit is nice to run too nicely. But, but over the hill with Gifford, you know, in that part of the world, there's mm-hmm. lots of nice hills. That's where the boat clubs do all the, 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 the hill climbing and stuff like that. Really? Yeah, ah, yeah. okay. It's certainly steep enough going up there. Yeah. <laughs> what we used to do was the consistency hill climbs. And uh, so if you're clever, you can, once you went up the hill, you can't you put the wipers on, one, two, three, four, five, six, and you have to do the same speed coming down as you went up. So you, oh, you, okay. you go for a mile up a hill, somewhere, you know, tight bends, go through the thing, you know, but you, and, and it's a workout. You, you couldn't go two miles an hour, you have to go, at a, driving, it's a bit fast, you know, yeah. uh-huh. it's making it a bit fun also, but you, you have to come down at the same speed. Just, so, uh, so you used to go out and do that. I mean, the one ploy is the ways of doing it, you know. But good fun, though, you know. Oh, brilliant. I would love, I'd love to see more of that nowadays. That way, it's called Cookiness. I know, it's lovely. But, but just be now everywhere, you know. And, and I, I suppose even close to roads, you know, these days. We just did it on a Sunday no. afternoon. Yeah. There's somebody either end, you know. And maybe I had a fun permit, I can't remember. But, but you know, they don't do that anyway, you know, if somebody came there, just went through, but, but it'd be 30, 40 cars there, you know, all the stone going cars, you know, and doing that. <laughs> good fun. Fantastic. Yeah. Doug, thank you very much. Good. So, I, I, I don't know how you do that. Do you just take bits out as you want them, or?